0: I love that when I come here, I feel more peace than I feel anywhere. I definitely do. Um, I'm not making that up. I've been a part of churches where I really dreaded showing up, and it wasn't because of the other people. It was probably because of me. I wanted to perform or do something good or be known or preach good, and I really dreaded sometimes being at church because I felt like I had to put on a face, and, and, you know, when, when a pastor's down, sometimes you feel like you can't be down or, you know, like can't rant and and stuff like that, but here I feel like I can pretty much do anything I want. (laughs) 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 So that's amazing. I don't feel like I have to perform for you guys. I'm not the best preacher in the world. I'm not the best looking. None none of y'all are either. Sorry, (laughs) but it's good that we all know that as we start this new year. Um, I'm thankful for 2015. Um, Like I said a minute ago, This time last year, I was uh, really nervous because we were still meeting at a friend's church and we didn't have our own place and we weren't gonna be about a space because churches can't be about spaces, but you need a space. So it's like this weird conundrum. Drove around and when they showed us a year ago, this was the month, they showed us like 11 places. Me and Leslie, is she in here? She's working with the kids. And they showed us this one and said, we probably shouldn't even walk in there because the people who own the building will not let a church be there, 100%. I called and said, hey, I'd like to look at it. And he said, what organization are you with? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, we are not renting to you. Click. So uh, three or four months later, we end up in this building like crazy. We don't have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars like church plants do to build out a place. We minimally spend money to get seats. We even talk about if we have to show up in lawn chairs and put them in here, we'll do that because it's more important to be together than to spend all this money. And from then moving forward, all the new people that have come to our group and fallen in love with what God is doing, people God has brought from the beginning. Like you, this past year, I just think about Campbell High School. Think about Richard. Raise your hand, Richard. That's him. I mean, yes, right here. Sorry to do that. You're like, this is not happening, it's happening. We prayed for months. We didn't didn't flippantly go into anything. People were like, "You really should be doing this." A hundred people said, "This is what you should be doing." Next, we prayed, formed a team called Community Transformation. We've seen it. We're chaplains of a football team. The football team comes here. We're we're part of their lives now. It's just beautiful. This past year has been more than I thought it would be. It's been better than I thought it would be. There's been their ups and downs, like any year. We had people who need healing, we had people get sick in the year. It's just what happens. You can't avoid that, but when you walk through it, there's a way to do that. You guys have done well. You guys have been there for Jason Jones and everyone else, and you've been there for my sister and my family, and you've been there for each other. You've locked arms. That, to me, that's the church I've dreamed about being a part of, not a big, giant cathedral with a figurehead that's great at speaking, and then you go home for six days, right? Like, that is not the dream in our heart, and you guys have been a part of helping that be a reality. We love it. So if you could golf clap yourself. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's not a golf clap, James. That's a full out clap, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you guys, there we go. Awesome, awesome. Yes, yes. (laughs) Woo! Amen. Amen. You guys should meet James, he's amazing. (laughs) And Luke, who's next? Anybody else? Things that happen in crazy churches. That's awesome. (laughs) Father, we thank you. This is the way you bring it back in. Father, we thank you. Um, We just ask that this year as we start as a church, this is our first gathering that it would not be about becoming something or appearing a certain way, but it would be about being the hands and feet of Jesus, about being transparent. Thanks for Amelia's transparency and humility. That's honesty. That's what a lot of people are thinking, but she said it. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that we are a church like that, that's awkwardly transparent. It's real, like we are at a family. I just pray that we would continue to be that. And this year, I pray that we would not get busier. Jesus, don't let us get busy and burn people out. Let us go slowly enough to follow your lead, but at your pace, God, doing your work. Not doing our work, not becoming something we want to see, but slowing down enough to create a space to say, have your way in my heart first, Lord. Speak to me. Bring revelation to me. Your revelation, not my own, not what I think's best, because man's knowledge is, is not even second best. It's, it's nowhere near your knowledge. We need your knowledge, God, which is through your word, first through your Torah, then through your Old Testament, then through the New Testament, through the prophets of the Old Testament. Now it's through the words, through Jesus, and it's through your spirit that brings the word to life, God. And you bring revelation to each of us for specific seasons even. It's not just a stagnant word that we memorize and go about our day and pull up our boots and pants. And we can slow down enough to hear specific revelation for our lives now we want that for this year not second best in jesus name we pray so as i think about 2016 um i think about like some of the goals that we set and i'm a part of a gym and some of you are and you know it's going to be mad houses for like the next three weeks and then it's going to be back to normal it'll be great it's just what we do we we start the year by making all these goals the the crazy part is I think a lot of our goals have to do with external stuff. A lot of us, if we're honest, are already thinking about ways to make ourselves appear better, like lose a little bit of weight, right? Who wants to lose 10 pounds? This guy does. That guy does. All of us, you know, we start by thinking that. We start by thinking of things that we can do that will make us better, and we actually add clutter to an already cluttered life. In January, it's crazy. I don't know why we do it. Even December, we get really cluttered, and so... For this year, we wanted to start with our prayers of the season. If you haven't been a part of our church in a while, we do every season what we think are specific prayers that we would love to pray. And I used to be a youth pastor, so acronyms are like really cool to me, you know? Any acronyms, cool. And so, prayers of the season, the acronym for that is POTS, okay? Now, I thought that was goofy at first, but then it, it reminded me of a passage in Revelation 5:8, where they're gathered around the throne, and there's bowls of incense, and they're being filled, and it's prayers of the people, and then it talks about how at a certain time, those bowls will be, when they're about to be answered, will be blended with fire and answered, and so the prayer, I thought it was really unique, and I won't go as far as to say that was a spiritual moment, but I kind of felt like it was a spiritual moment, like pots, bowls, makes sense, Lord, thank you, Jesus, and so I feel like we're starting the year with five pots to pray into as a community, right? Five bowls, and they're going to bring them up, and we're going to read them together. And I would love for you to join in on these this season. The first one, I don't know if it will ever not be that first one, creating space. I don't know how to have have a, a desire of a heart without having that first. Unless somebody can show me differently, if there's not time to slow down and listen to the Lord and be with him, I think all the other ones don't matter. If that's not happening in your life, and if it's already not existent in your life, this is your number one bowl starting in, a number one pot start this year. Seeking the Lord and le- letting the, the main things that God has given you be priority in your life. And maybe for some of you it's family and not business and, and, and RCC. I will say church is supposed to be really important to us. This is the, the, the vehicle by which people see the unity of the Lord, where we represent him and then come to know him. This, it's us. So that's the number one one. And then RCC, I would love to see a staff covering. I'd love to see you guys think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own uh, James as a worship leader. And you don't actually own him, but I'm going to take ownership of praying that God would just overwhelm him, not just with financial blessings, because our God's not that fickle, but with spiritual blessings from the heavenly realm, so that James and Julia this year are just covered in the Lord, right? And the third thing, uh, the children's ministry and youth. We have both now, you know, and... Youth, we have more than two or three youth now. We have like five. It's like nuts. It's crazy for me because I was a youth pastor of like a multitude of teens. But now we have five and I love it even more. When um, we have kids ministry and a lot of big changes are coming. We need your prayers for the kids ministry. We believe they should be discipled. They shouldn't be entertained. We believe they should know how to do things when they're seven, not just watch a video or know veggie Tales. They should know how to pray and worship and seek the Lord and talk about who Jesus is, right? The Lathy, my daughter, can tell me, you know, God did speak to me. What? He spoke to you? Yeah, he said, sweet dreams, my life. They should be able to know that they can actually hear from the Lord and process it at a young age, right? So start praying for that. The next thing is discipleship and participation in life groups and volunteering. You already signed up. If you didn't, you still have time. We don't think it can happen in here. Don't say, I'm not coming anymore on Sunday. Some people are like, well, life happens outside of church. You still need this. The communal gathering, we need this, we do need this. But if you're not in a life group in two weeks, you'll have an opportunity to join a life group. By far, the most beneficial thing you'll do is join a life group, by far. If you're in a life group, then you're doing life with people. Does it make sense? It's like the end, it's it's the best thing that you can do is be in a life group. We have one at our house. There's, they're all over. You'll hear about them. So this year, be praying about creating space for that. And then visible community transformation. We saw last year, Campbell High School. We saw a ton last year. We're praying now about becoming a foster faith bridge center for people in the area. Um, this year, what's God going to do in the community? It's God, community transformation means you can point to something not in here and say, Jesus is doing that, and we're a part of it. That's what we want to see. We don't want to just gather. If, we, if we're twice the size at the end of the year and nothing in the community has happened, we have failed. Community transformation has to happen. And then lastly, financial surplus. I do, I do want to say this. I'm, I'm asking people to be generous, people who bless the church. There's no other way to be existent. I mean, the Lord, absolutely, but if you want to know why the people didn't want us in this building it's because they had five or six other churches before us that said, we'll make those payments, and then six months in, they're not making the payments, right? Because everybody has faith, right? So we need people to bless us, not so that I can become rich because I already have a jet and I don't need another one. (laughs) It's plenty good, plenty good for me to take the gospel to the world. We don't need that stuff. I want to see our, our staff come on board full Full bore and for us when we do need we don't need to take any walls down right now I do think we're getting close to as far as we'll ever go is taking those two walls out and letting it grow a little bit more other than that we're going to be planting churches so but we need that eventually and we don't need it right now but we need people to give generously right like it's a big deal you've already done that so I want to say thank you so those are our pots okay imagine is that five or six six pots six pots here we're all throwing our prayers in and then at some point like revelation 5 8 says when he decides it's the time to pour out these blessings and answer these prayers he does it amen next thing sots everybody say sot (laughs) i'm doing it (laughs) stupidest thing ever all right i believe there are two scriptures for us this year and i'm trying to really say it with like some bass so it sounds like overly (laughs) spiritual it's coming at you okay the first one is psalm 42 7 if you can pull that one up I believe this passage is for our church. And I believe if you're a part, it's for you. And it says this, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. Here's the gist of this passage. You're not gonna get rid of the waves. It's not talking about getting out of the waves. In the depth of life, in the depth of life where things are happening, the deep part of your heart calling out to and longing for the deep part of his heart. His heart. The world does not need more Christians who are good at coming to church. The world needs deep people, deep people in the Lord who are discipled and who understand what it is to walk with the Lord. So much so that if somebody needs to be discipled, the people in here can say, I am equipped in the Lord to do that. I understand the word. I know what it is to be a Christian. I know how to walk as a Christian. I know what I have as an inheritance. And I am willing and able to bestow that on someone else. This, I believe, for our church this year, at the end of this year, if there are deeper people, deep people in the Lord that understand and know that you can be used at any moment by the Lord, that your call, not just my call, is to bring the gospel to everyone around you through love, through serving, through humility, that by the end of this year, that would be amazing. So Psalm 42.7, everybody say Psalm 42.7. And then the other one is the one I just read you, the prayer bowls. Revelation 5.8, that's R2. And this is going to get super goofy, but I'm doing it. So I thought just because pots was cool, like pots, I mean, that makes sense, bowls. Then I was like, sots, what's that mean? (laughs) I looked up sots and it's habitual drunkenness. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Sot means an habitual drunk. And at first I was like, oh, okay, that's hilarious. And then I took it to a super spiritual place. I'm going to do it. If I'm honest with you. And I do think he plays with us sometimes and does goofy things. I believe, being deep with the Lord, I believe he is asking us to be so much in love and in depth with him. It is almost like we are drunk with him, habitually. I totally just did that. (laughs) So for this year, everybody say pots and sots. We have pots and we're drunk. Amen? You can start the podcast now. (laughs) That's when people stop listening. Okay. So, a deep people placing themselves in his presence. Close your eyes real quick for me. I want you to picture if you as a person are a tree. Now, you have to make some jumps. It's a metaphor, uh, personification. You as a tree, and you're you. I want you to picture what kind of health the tree would look like. If you were a tree, what would it look like? And that, now I want you to keep your eyes closed. What would the tree of you be? This is some of that imagination stuff that Richard Foster talks about. What sustenance is coming into you as a tree? What are, what are, your, what are your roots, like, sucking in? And then what is coming out of you, Okay and be be honest with yourself as you're doing this don't just flip through this like it, is there no root in a big tree that can be pushed over is there deep deep roots but you feel like just starting to get some green leaf and maybe some fruit or or maybe maybe when you look at yourself like the really literal picture that you have is like a a a, a brush that can be like blown away maybe like you know like chaff like maybe that's not the right word uh Maybe you're just dry, you know, maybe that's the, the, the picture you have. Maybe, you're, maybe you feel like you're an old tree, you know, like they could just be blown over. And so with that in mind, I just want to ask um, our Father, we see, we see the tree in Scripture, God. We see it in the garden. We see the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We see the tree of life. You ask us to eat fully from the tree of life and to not eat from the knowledge of good and evil. And then we see it later in Scripture all throughout as a picture of health and unhealth. And today as we go into this year, I pray that right now we can see clearly in our mind's eye and in our heart what kind of tree we are. What kind of fruit do we bear? Do we bear any fruit? Are we dry? Are we nourished? Are we ripe? for others to come and take the fruit and eat? Or do we just need to get planted near a really vibrant stream or river? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I want to read Psalm 1. Okay, the background of this passage that you have to know is that, and this is going to get a little spooky for some of you, some of you have heard it. When I was 17 years old, I sat in a room um, when I was uh, strung out on drugs and I was either on my way to a rehab in Utah, or I just returned, and I'd been talked into going to this gathering of Christians who were way crazier than you, as crazy as you've ever seen, and um, I kind of liked that about them. I didn't, didn't want to see a group of people again that sat in pews and never talked to me. Uh, it just didn't make sense, so I went to this, and I had a guy come and pray over me, and prophesy over me and he said you're going to be like a tree planted next to rivers of living water and at that point um, of course it was like fantastic and mystical and really amazing even though I was strung out on drugs Uh, and the bigger the kicker to it and this is the truth he told me my name okay I I didn't talk to this person he was a visiting guy that came in to do some ministry he told me my name which is pretty big deal like as much as you want to say that's not a big deal that's a big deal and I remember, like, something about, there's been a lot of people who have given me words who have not been from the Lord, right? A lot of words maybe that have, like, fed some type of, like, American dream of mine that had more to do with me being famous or important or popular. So they say things like, I see you standing in front of, like, a million people. They're all listening to you speak. And I don't remember any of those words. I don't, those haven't stayed with me. This word it stayed with me because there was something really beautiful about it that had nothing to do with performance. It was, you're going to be like a tree planted next to rivers of living water. That sounds like a place I want to be. I want to be next to rivers of living water. I love rivers. I love nature. It has to do with placement, not works. It has to do with not how good I'm going to be at something. It has to do with vibrancy. That just sounded good. And then the second time this passage came into play was at Riverstone a year and a half ago as we were leaving They did a thing where they called our whole group up, a lot of the people in this room. They gathered around us, and they prayed over us. And um, a guy named Chip, who you guys know, he prayed the exact same passage over us. It's how we got our name. I have a friend who's super trendy and cool who's like, so why does your name your church River City? Like, all my friends are naming their churches like, Ecclesia and, like, Koinonia Community and (laughs) Grassroots and, like, Pimp Church. (laughs) And it's like, because I think... When we named our church, we were like, we don't want to name a church because of the trend at times. This is the reason why we named our church River City Church. First, these two passages, and then secondly, we were coming out of a church called Riverstone. That's, there's no cool, like, this is going to be marketable River City Church. That's why. Why city? Because we were in the city. We're near the city. So that's not as cool maybe as river, but you get what I'm stepping in. So for me, this passage means a lot. And as I read it to you, I want to let it just sink in, and then I'm going to break it down for you for a moment. Not so with the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Father, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the things that jump out to me of this passage for our church is there's two groups, okay? The first group that I want to notice is the chaff. Everybody say chaff. The interesting thing about the chaff is they stand, sit, and walk in the way of mockers, sinners, and bad people, as it would say, per se. It's pointing to outward performance, stand, sit, walk. It's pointing to something on the outside. And specifically with the mockers, one of the things that happens is there's no regard for the law. So the law doesn't mean a lot, the word doesn't mean a lot, and so, They sit around in environments created for self, focused on the outward, okay? So as we start right now in our year, as you start going forward, I don't believe this passage is telling you, some of you, that you're wicked, that you're evil. I don't think its point is to tell you that on judgment you're going to be burned. I don't think that, I think it's trying to show you that there's a way to be blessed and then there's a way that the end thereof is death, And the way to be blessed is not the way that it's talking about in the first passage, like the chaff, because with chaff, if wind comes, what happens to chaff? Like think of the, like when I was in rehab, we were in the desert in Utah, and there were brushes that when it was windy it would just roll away. Think of the chaff as being like that. Not so much so that they're awful, terrible, horrible people, but that when wind comes, or anything comes, they have no sustainability. There's nothing that they can cling to. They will go with the wind. And so, our challenge as we start this year is when you look at 2016 and you're trying to plan your year out, are you focusing more on what you can do for you and yourself and what will bless you or what will be best for you? Or are you like the second group, which are trees, who delight in the search for the Lord? There's a delight in meditation, which I love because it's not outward, it's inward. It's pointing to delight in meditation as opposed to walking, sitting, and standing. It's two different things. It's two different realms. So it's saying for this passage, for the tree that's planted next to rivers of living water, its job isn't to hurry itself as much to delight in meditating, okay? Del- Everybody say meditation. We're, we're going to do our best in January to reclaim meditation, But the law here, a quick point about the law. See, for this group, a lot of people thought the law was the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, which it was, but none of them carried a Bible. There's nobody that was like, you probably need to open up to Exodus and we need to talk about this. They had memorized whatever they could memorize, and they told stories. And so Revelation, specifically here in this passage in the Greek, talks about the law. It talks about for every generation, there is a set of something, and it's not contradictory to the word, but God has specific things generationally for specific people to do and to live out, okay? So as we start this year, the way that you find those places are through meditation and delighting and searching in Him. And so for you as you start, my picture for you, I would love it if every person in here looked like a vegetative, amazing, fruit-bearing tree that was strong, that when wind came, it felt more like a breeze. Like, I love a breeze, right? It didn't feel like it destroyed your life. That, that when a situation pops up, it doesn't destroy you, right? So, so the way to do that isn't to stand, walk, and sit or to do these things, but to start by doing something that almost seems counterintuitive to your year. Some of you need to slow down and hear from God. Some of you need to stop everything and get out a white a pad and say, Lord, what are you leading us to do this year? Some of you need to stop what you're doing. And say, Lord, what do you have for my family? What do you have for my my husband, my wife? Some of you already have your whole year mapped out, and you haven't even consoled the Lord on what he wants. And some of your reasons are really good. Some of your reasons may mean that you'll have more money in four months. And some of your reasons may mean that you'll have better friends, per se, in three months. But some of those reasons haven't started in the Lord, and you need to slow down. Because in the end, in six months you don't know what's going to happen in six months. So the way that you face what happens in May, if it happens to be what happened to Jason Jones or Ann and Steve Bennett, the way that you face that is where you plant yourself now. If you're planted in a desert, doing things, not seeking the Lord, when wind comes, here's the thing about Christianity. God's, God's blessing us. We don't have to be fearful for anything, right? But people weren't fearful while having their heads cut off in the first century, okay? Is that too much? It's blessing for the Lord doesn't always look like it looks for us. So do I believe the Lord has blessed the Jones family who Jason's going through a thing? I do believe it. But he was firmly planted before that. In the Lord, he knew who he was. He knew how he was made. So for you at the beginning of this year, you don't know what's coming in August. Like, As a church, we don't know. There's been loss. Some of us will lose people this year. Maybe all of us will lose somebody this year. The way that we walk through that faithfully is to plant ourselves next to rivers of living water now. And the way that that happens is not religious. It's not a set of rules. It's being in the presence of God. Does that make sense? It's slowing down everything and saying, I am giving you space to speak into my life and nourish me. And you don't get to judge what comes out. That's the beautiful thing about trees is all seeds look alike. You throw it into a garden, water comes. What comes out of those can be very different. They don't choose that. It's just what God intended, and it's the same with us as we plant. You don't know what will come out. You don't, and I hate using so much of this language, you don't know what revelation is going to come to you. There's something you're thinking right now that in six months you will not be thinking if you plant yourself in the Lord. He will change something. He'll give you a different way to look at it. You'll walk through it differently. There's somebody in here right now who feels like there is no way that you can live for the Lord a whole year, who will slow down enough to say, God, I want you to fill me. And in three months, you'll be able to say, I'm vibrant in the Lord. I can't explain it other than I feel delightful when I'm around him. I wanna be with him. I love him. He's filled me. And then there's some of you who are like, all right, I'm hearing this and I've gotta just attack this sin. You know, like There is sin in my life. I've gotta attack it. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody look at me. This year, everyone in here is struggling with sin, okay? Your job this year is not to stamp out sin, okay? Do not make a list of the sin you struggle with and decide to conquer it. You cannot destroy the sin in your life. Richard Foster calls it will worship. It's where we say never again, you know, for the young man struggling in pornography or the girl who always wants to be accepted or for the guy who always wants to be accepted or for the businessman who lusts after the next success will worship, will not stop, you can't make, it's, it's like telling somebody, stop doing that, and all they can focus on is what you told them to stop doing, you can't do that, you have to go to a whole different realm, it's not this, you have to, the way that you create an avenue for you to stop the sin, is a space created with Jesus beforehand, and then it just stops, I, I don't know how to explain this really, but when I was in, I graduated from Lee University And I really was just lucky to get through. I was going to go to seminary. I don't. I didn't have a high school education, so I don't know why I was in this situation. I just wanted more, and I didn't. I never really got to be a part of a church. I didn't think that was valuable. Like be a part of a church, just I felt like it was what pastors said to make you come to their place. And so I remember um, I had a really strong struggle with nicotine. Like out of all the drugs I ever. Took Nicotine was by far the most difficult one for me. You know, I started smoking when I was 14. Not, <laughs> my parents did not want me to, because they were awesome family, you're welcome. Um, my parents were always like, why do you make us look like terrible people? <laughs> they had, I mean, other than buying me the cigarettes, they did not want me. <laughs> she was like, these are the only ones that you're smoking unfiltered, she always does a big unfiltered, (laughs) camels, big deal, camels, and if it wasn't that, it was chewing tobacco, so just kidding, but I did, I got, I was just like a lot of you in this room, we just, we do what we want to do, and I I mean, years and years into it, I was at a Christian university, and I was secretly struggling with nicotine, because at a Christian university, you cannot struggle with nicotine, and for me, I mean, it was another one of those things that wasn't like I didn't honestly think it was sending me to hell, but it was definitely not helping my body. Like, It's like eating a cake every night. It's probably not the best thing for me. Um, and I remember, like, I, I, I tried to will worship getting through stopping that because to me, that was the last big thing before my freedom and my most Christ-like moment, and it never worked. Like, nothing worked. I would go for a week, and after a week, I'd be like, I'd hide behind a bush somewhere and smoke a cigarette or do whatever, and and it just didn't work. I jumped into this church and this youth ministry because I lost all my friends from beforehand. I would come home to my to my apartment and people would be on the floor, drunk, where my roommate would have had a party and just beer bottles everywhere. And of course, I was coming out of like extreme addiction, and so I just needed a different avenue. So I told him, I was like, I, can't, I don't think I can live with you anymore, man. It's not that I don't love you. Like I, he was my roommate forever. He's a great, fun guy. But this is just not good for me right now. I'm trying to like make better decisions. So that, and and I also joined this youth ministry that was massive. And I look at it now and I'm like, why did I want that? But it was such a beautiful thing for me then. Sometimes we throw stones at like what we know we're not anymore. But at the time it was like, it was life breath for me. Even if it was a religious environment, it still was really good for me. Like it was a beautiful place for me. I showed up and I was quiet for six months, and best way I can explain, I don't even know where I'm going right now. Somebody, I need help. I know where I'm going. I'm just saying that. It was just a redundant statement. I didn't really want you to talk back to me. I just say that sometimes. So, thank you. <laughs> so, I jumped into this youth ministry full force, and I didn't, I didn't show up like, oh, crap, I'm smoking, as much as the way that it happened for me. The sin, it just went. The best I can say, it just went. Like, I stopped really craving it. Not that that is the most awful thing. Like, there's still other things God needs to cleanse me of. But for that specific thing, the way that it stopped wasn't a full forced frontal attack on it. It wasn't at all. There wasn't a plan. It was just community had come in. I think some identity had come in. And then I think... I just felt like, I, just, I don't know. I can't explain it. That's terrible. I won't write a book on that for sure or anything, but it just went. And that's what happens with sin, though. It's like we think all of you are struggling with something that you wish you wouldn't. That's just humanity. We think the way that I stop this, this is the year. i got to stop it. Don't put something on your list that you have to stop this year. There's two things I had on my prayer list for 10 years that I prayed every day that they would stop dear God, take this from me, take this from me, take this from me, never stopped. I was like, I've got to be the worst Christian ever. I've been praying, or you're the worst God ever. That's not true. I've been praying for this for 10 years. I've been praying for this for 10 years. Will worship does not do it. Will worship will not handle it. The only way to handle sin is to avoid it, to be in his presence. And I'll I'll be honest with you, to even take it in there with You, his presence. And some people theologically would be like, that is a not theologically correct statement. But I don't what I do think he wants you to do is not wait till you're done, struggling to be in His presence. Go into His presence, let him cleanse you of those things. Everything that's ever been taken from me has been taken not for will worship, but for just going to the Lord. And it's been Him that takes it. It's not, there's been no glory on my own. That's why I can't explain to you how I stopped smoking. Not that smoking's like this terrible, you're a crazy sin, but just I can't explain it. I just, the Lord did it. Amen. That's this year. So that my, my goal in saying that is this year cannot be about what you won't do this year. It can't be about your struggles. It has to be about what you will do, and that will do is being in the presence of Jesus. And here's the two problems with that. One, popular science says that we shouldn't talk about things in our heart, especially men from Atlanta. Some of us know. Some of us, we're from Atlanta, Smyrna. We cuff our jeans. We do cool stuff. We're trendy. Some of us, we'd just rather not talk about our heart. Give me a drill. There's a drill over there. Somebody's like, I'm just gonna grab that drill and start drilling stuff while you talk about this. Some of us don't wanna talk about it because it's not popular, but that's where everything happens in scripture. Everything starts in the heart, everything. And everything that's in the heart comes out. So to go ahead and and manufacture your year through performance like the Pharisees did is to say, I don't want your will, Lord. So you have to talk about the heart. What's happening in your heart? What's happening in the depths of your being? And here's the trickiest part. You can't control it. The advice, follow your heart, is the worst advice ever given. Don't give that to a teenage girl or boy about dating. Never follow your heart, ever. (laughs) Your heart is stupid. You'll be in a relationship you do not want to be in, but you think it's just perfect because the Lord told you. He didn't tell you that. You told you that. Don't follow your heart. Lead your heart, amen? That's the best you can do is you can lead your heart. You can lead it, don't follow it right? Because he's the only one that can change it. And so there has to be spaces for him to change it. Everybody say the spiritual disciplines. I'm not going to hammer this home, but word, worship, and prayer. Those are three streams in the classic spiritual disciplines right there. Word, worship, and prayer. These are disciplines that have stood the test of time throughout centuries. It's not just a worship movement. It's not just Martin Luther's word movement. It is the streams that a thousand years from now, if the second coming hasn't, those will still be there because those are the streams that if we place ourselves near them, we become full. Quick question to you, which one of you don't, 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 don't talk back to me. I don't need everyone to respond, but I look at those and say, I'm really strong in worship. I love it. You put me in a group of people that are worshiping, I We could worship till 4 p.m. It's just what I love. It's natural. And my second is probably prayer because I think they go together. And when I'm worshiping, I just want to pray for people. So I'm just both of them. My third one that I have to really lead myself in is the Word. It's interesting, though, because you have to have that. Now, you want to see a dangerous movement involve the other two without the Word. Some crazy stuff's about to happen. People would be bringing goats There's going to be clowns running around, actual clowns, candy bars, all kinds of stuff you've never even heard of. So which one for you, you know, like when you look at that, word, worship, prayer, which one do you struggle with the most? And I'm not saying go fix yourself. The advice I've been given to a bunch of you, because I feel like our community really loves to worship and pray. When you're worshiping and praying, add the word into that. You know, those beautiful seasons where you... Like, I love to worship. I, when I wake up, I turn on worship music. I listen to two hours of worship. I'm not just in a closet praying. It so, that sounds cool. Like, I, I, I do other things. But that's when I read the Word. I combine them, right? These are the streams that if you can place yourself near them now, slow down enough to know His Word, to worship Him, and to pray, then the rest of your life, not just your year, fruit will come out of it. If you want to have a fruitless year... Avoid those things. You might do some cool stuff. You might even have what appears to be blessing. You might become rich, but it will not be fruit. Okay? So for you guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up, I'm going a little long. Spiritual disciplines. The second, the second problem, other than popular science, is nobody knows how to do it. Okay, and I'm gonna do this really quickly. Prayer teams, you can go ahead and come, and worship you can go ahead and come. The big failure of our culture is creating church environments that entertain so that we appease people but don't disciple people, okay? No one knows how to do the spiritual disciplines anymore. In the first and second century, the reason there's not a lot of teaching on it is because everyone did it. It was passed through what you did every day, and they met in homes and did it. They read the Word together. They worshiped together. They prayed together. Most churches today avoid those three things, right? We play a secular song to start the service. We give a word that's kind of like scripture, but it sounds a little bit more like how to do a better life. And then prayer, we have a list that we pass around of all the people who are sick, and you can pray for those. This is why we do all three of those here. This is why we stop service to pray. We stop service to do that, because these things, if they're not integrated back into our lives, especially day one this year, We can just go ahead and see that we'll be like the chaff, that when a wind, storm, or anything comes in in February, March, April, May, December, we're just going to do this, right? So today, here's my challenge to you. I've got so many challenges. I bit off a little more than I could chew. For the rest of this month, we're creating space. Next week, we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to do a lot of prayer together. But for today, I want to challenge you, and this is what I want to challenge you. The first thing I'm challenging you is because two different people came and told me as they were praying they really felt the Lord had impressed this on them that you're carrying baggage from, from behind you to now that feels so strongly wound you cannot, you feel like you cannot shake it. I believe God wants to sever some of the ties to that. Whenever two or three people come and talk to me about stuff I, we just pray about it. That's something we can pray for. The second thing is what things are going to attack your spaces with Jesus. So close your eyes really quickly. What is going to take your time away from the most important things? Label it in your mind. You already know it happens all day, every day, every year. Ambition, lust for a better job. What is going to take your time? Doubt, fear? What is going to take the time in January where Jesus is like, I have these great beautiful spaces carved out for me and you what's going to come and take you away from the the river and take you to a desert you're going to have to put your foot down you're going to have to say no some of you parents are going to have to say no to 11 sports what is going to take you away okay so if you guys would stand with me those are going to be our two our two prayer points 2015 and before, there's baggage. You just need God to just really clear a path for freedom, give you a strong standing, and then really how, Lord, do I create space now in January? Proactively doing it. If you wait until the end of your year, you cannot. You have to do it now. You have to set up space for him, and it can be, it can be all day long. It can be while you're working. Lord, sustenance coming into me. I do pray, God, that this year Father, we just want you to lead for uh, the rest of the service. We just we give you space. We create space even in this to just say, Lord, you, you have your way. I want to just challenge people to be really sensitive to the Lord today. You're not a mistake. You didn't mistakenly hear this. He is here. He is with us. He is Emmanuel he is God in flesh, becomes spirit in this room in our hearts. Now, you have access. You can hear the voice of the Lord. His sheep hear His voice. Just for the next few moments, I just want to be sensitive to what He's saying. Just if that's okay with you guys. I'm just going to pray for a moment, and then you guys can, as you need, come to the altar. But Father, we just we ask you to just guide this time, guide our hearts guide our hearts, guide our hearts, nourish the spaces. I just see like a plow cutting through hard ground and softening it and softening it and softening it. It's him working though. It's you saying, here's access and him working. It won't be you working. It won't be you working. It's you saying, Lord, here I am. You, you, have, you have full reign in my heart. So as they go into... Um, This is just closing time of worship. And they're going to stay up here and worship for a little while. We're not going to just shut it down. Come receive prayer for the things I said. And then anybody else who just feels stirred or knows that the Lord is speaking to them, I want to challenge some people to pray for some people in this room. Pray for someone. I ask you, Lord, right now to put someone on our hearts right now in Jesus' name that needs human touch and prayer and agreement. And I pray in Jesus' name that some of you will just respond to the Lord and believe that he speaks and go and pray. Even if awkward and even if you don't know. In love, that you would tie yourself together and pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These guys are going to go into some worship for us. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.